have to start this as the airplane is flying by, so that's great. Uh, <laughs> okay, hi everybody. Um, Francisco, Charles, and Andrew here, and Doug by proxy. He's somewhere out there. We should actually have a new segment called Where in the World is Doug Solar? I like that. <laughs> we'll just do it like Carmen Sandiego. Uh, so this is Sports Goofs again. Episode 9. Uh, we had some fun our last episode and some more sports stuff happened over the week. So uh, we're going to have some fun with that. Um, the first thing I, I do want to talk about is the Miami Dolphins are not terrible. Oh yeah, in the background we have NBA Jam. Uh, classic uh, video game, arcade game, one of the best of all time uh, as far as sports is concerned. And so, um, yeah, the Dolphins are not terrible. They, they pulled off what is the Miami Miracle, as they're calling it right now. Or the um, Miracle of Miami, something like that. Or the Shock at the Rock is, is another one that I've heard. I like that one better. Yeah, you like that one better? I, I like rhyming ones, personally. Yeah, that's, yeah, it sounds a lot better. Um, or just ones in general that are a bit more clever. Like, uh, well... Yeah. Um, the Dolphins beat the New England Patriots with what seemingly was... Well, it actually was. Well, you can't really say it's a miracle because they actually did practice that play. They've actually been practicing that very scenario, and I it kind of makes sense because the Dolphins are a team that um, aren't the most talented. They're actually the 29th ranked offense and defense in the NFL, which is the most surprising thing about this whole season. They were actually. Most people had them slated as, as having a really bad season. Max five wins. I always thought they were going to go eight and eight, uh, only because I, that's what I thought they would. Because it's it's just habit at this point. But at the same time, I, I also um, I also looked at their schedule and I was like, okay, there's possibly a, a chance that that they they could. Um, you guys have a legitimate shot at the playoffs. You really do. It's the worst possible thing to happen for me. It, it really is. Is it um, though? Well, for me it is because... Um, because... I always wanted them to tank. And and now, now they can't. And now I have hope. They actually gave me hope. Uh, I, I, I sent it to Doug... Uh, uh, we texted each other during the game when this is all transpiring, and and I I, I I didn't realize I might have to set up the controller um, that they gave me hope at the end of it. So now they're seven and six with the weakest schedule to finish out the season compared to the other teams that are seven and six tied with them, including the Baltimore Ravens, the Tennessee Titans, the Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> And the Dolphins are currently sitting back of the Ravens based on the tiebreaker. So, I, I don't know what to feel, guys. How should I feel? I'm going to chime in on this one. You should feel good that you beat New England. Sorry if I have noise in the background. You should feel good that you beat New England. But is it really a product that you guys were that good or New England was that bad? And 
it's a question that kind of raised because I watched the game and I, I loved every bit of it coming into last minute because I'm always a big fan of sticking it to Miami, but it's just so competitive. And this is one of those, and I can speak it for myself because the Tennessee Titans, you know, for those out there, I'm a, that's my football team. We beat. Wait, 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 wait. What? The Titans yeah. are your team? Yeah, you didn't know that? No. Well, what? What are you? <laughs> I, I, I'm a Titan fan. Um, you know, we, we, I can speak to us having the big win, such as against New England, and also just, you know, completely get destroyed the following week. So this could be the setup for the gotcha game for whoever the Dolphins play um, this week, which I, who, who, I, I'm looking at the schedule now. I'm the Minnesota Vikings. Prepared. Yeah, and they look terrible, but watch them fought, you know, firing John the Filippo just means that they're going to turn up on you. But it's good because, I mean, your record, you've beaten a couple of teams are in contention for a wild card spot. And it goes to show that you can go one-on-one with a powerhouse, uh, the supposed power, powerhouse in the AFC. I mean, finishing out, you're going against the Vikings, that's winnable because the Vikings just seem to stall. You got Jacksonville, that would concern me. That seems like the gotcha game because... You know, every now, every like six games, the Jags just kind of wake up, beat a team, go from there. And then there's the Bills, and it went down to a Charles Clay can't catch the ball in the end zone. A very catchable ball. Some people don't feel that Allen had enough room for that game. But uh, he... tread lightly. That, that's all I can say, because that's how I'm oh, treating it. Gosh. You know, for my team, because um, the Titans themselves... You know, we're 77 6 right now. We, I feel we need a lot of good luck because we lost to you guys and we lost to the Ravens. So we, we are really hoping for some stuff and we lost to the Chargers. Not that anybody's going to catch them, but I look at my schedule, I feel like I'm in a similar situation. Um, you know, we, we got the Giants. Well, the Giants just kind of woke up um, beating the Redskins. And then we got the Redskins, which, you know, Mark Sanchez doesn't scare me. And then we have the Colts who will hand us that. So that's how I feel is how you should feel because we're vying for the same thing. Um, tread lightly. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I t- now at this point, I'm like, okay. I, I don't know if I should be. If they f- end up eight and eight, a lot of Dolphins fans think that's that's still spinning the wheels of the franchise, and it, for me, it is. It really is spinning the wheels of the franchise. But at the very least, and they actually brought up this argument was. It might be a testament to Adam Gase as a coach because this team was supposed to be like awful, like really, really awful. And yet here they are right there, only a tiebreaker away from the final wildcard spot when nobody before the season gave them a shot. And maybe, and they're they're finding ways to win games, albeit this one was by a miracle, but they actually did practice this play, and Bill Belichick's team did not. Um, Putting Gronk in the safety position. Which, oh, God, the, the memes. The memes. The, uh, that, that uh, what was it? The, uh, the, the Tecmo Bowl yes. <laughs> gif that they made, or, or the video showing the, the Tecmo Bowl version of that play with Gronk at the end with his face in the, planted into the ground. That's, uh, is, is there going to be a Gronking? Is there going to be a, is it like Bradying before then? I don't know, but it's, it's fantastic. Uh, I mean, I have nothing against Gronk as a person. No, but seems like a cool guy to hang out with. Yeah. Uh, but that was just 
aside from Brady, Gronk is the the symbol of the Patriots. Uh, so to see him just get absolutely torched is amazing, and I love it. But I mean, it should be expected though, just from position. But <sighs> Belichick, I think, just got. I think he just thought you Dolphins didn't have that heart. You know, he, he just kind of gauge on gets like it's gonna be a hail mary. Why would it be a hail mary? I haven't seen Ryan Tannehill be able to drop a bomb that far out ever, uh, really. But uh, it goes to show that that not being prepared and games that you might consider to be one, they probably shouldn't have gone for the touchdown really at the end instead of going for the field goal. And yeah. they might have gotten it because they were tearing up, you know, the uh, the secondary near the end. But it, it's good for the Patriots to have this happen now, even though I feel that if they can't win out for the you know the one or two seed, they're going to have a hard time in the first round of the playoffs. Um, but for the Dolphins, I mean, back to your original point, look at Adam Gase's first year. He went 10-6 and six with a completely different unit. You know, he had a healthy Ryan Tannehill. Um, Jarvis was still on there. It, you should kind of expect them to be a little bit competent, especially since they haven't been killed that much with the injury bug. Right. Um, th- I, what I will put testament on to Adam Gase for is that finding a way to keep to win, like at least to survive with you know Brock out there, Osweiler when he was there for a couple games, but just putting the chance on Frank Gore. You know, Frank has been killing no touchdowns this season, I believe, except for the passing touchdown that he had. Um, in a prior game, but he's right. keeping consistent. He's running the Adam Gase plays, but you know it's there's a little bit of creativity. And the defense isn't atrocious, but it's the same problem every year. There's no real pass rush, and aside from with Xavier Howard, your secondary can be kind of meh. every now and then. I mean, Mika Fitzpatrick though is showing that that was a good pick. You know, at that position. This yeah. So, no, I mean, I always thought it was a good pick too. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I, I, I just feel the problem is is that you guys shouldn't spin your wheels that hey we need this if you guys go A and A again because that's where you were with the Philbin era, the Spron era, you went one time playoffs and Gates. I think Gates gets a lot of, you know, oversight on how he runs the franchise and or maybe that's not the problem, but he gets a lot of slack because it's always your quarterback was injured. Last year you're atrocious because Jay Cutler is your quarterback. You don't want, you know, smoke and gun Jay Cutler out there. This year it's gonna be oh we had Brock Oswell to start in for like five games. So it, it kind of feels like if this is the year for a hot seat it's always going to be like, ah, but your quarterback's injured, we give you another chance. So I think, you know, whatever happens this year, playoffs or not, Adam Gase shouldn't feel too comfortable come next year. Yeah, no, I he's he's shown flashes of of good coaching, but obviously he's shown really bad coaching. I mean, uh, you got the Colts game and you've got that Bengals game if. And it's 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 funny you have those regrets now that if they had won that Colts game if they had won that Bengals game where they were winning seventeen nothing at the half they'd be in that second wild card spot with at least a, a comfortable um, a somewhat comfortable lead heading into the weakest schedule to finish out the season with all the teams behind them or, or ahead of them now um, uh, I, I just want to share. Before this, I, I just want to share that um, uh, th- some something since Doug is not here, I want to share. This is our weekly segment with "quote unquote" Doug. Um, so at around two o five p.m. I, during the game, when it's just becoming like the shootout that I thought it would be, uh, 
I was like, what the hell is happening with this game? Doug uh, <laughs> texts me back. Apparently, Brandon Bolden is Ricky Williams. Uh, <laughs> I said, maybe they're the, char they're, they're, they're the Rams and the Chiefs in the skies. And um, at, at which point he, he said, we've got a shootout on our hand. Oh, and then and then there was that in what looked like it looked like uh, Ryan Tannehill was coming out of the game because it, it looked like he had sprained his ankle. And um, and but eventually he, he did come back. Um, uh, and so. <laughs> Then I put, he put, oh God, it's Brock time. And then I put, when the game ended, I put, what? And he's like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. And I said, oh no, I might have hope again. And he's like, why don't we give the ball to Drake more? And I said, I don't know. We should pretend we're, the, we're, we're playing the Pats in Miami every season and for every game. And then uh, he put that and we should wear our throwbacks. So that is, I we've been saying this for a couple of weeks now, both uh, on air, but it also just between us. Miami needs to go back to those throwbacks. This is proof. Yeah, this is proof that they need to go back to. The and we've got a, a classic matchup here, actually, between the the um, the Orlando Magic and the Miami Heat here on NBA Jam. Just to just to point that out. Um, all right, so, so uh, okay, I guess I will tread lightly as as uh, as Charles has has advised me as a as a sports fan. Uh, speaking of, this is kind of like um, okay, so let me let me put this back in the in the regular. Um, we finally got it working. Sports goofs uh, uh, overlay here, and oh, shot clock violation by me. Um, so. There's a lot of talk on sports radio as to you know how people felt about it and, and you know the memes and all that stuff, and I, I gotta ask you guys from a personal standpoint. And, oh, so that's how you pass. Um, how do you pass? I, I think with the the trigger, the R trigger. So, um, have you guys ever cried tears of joy from a sports game? Uh, personal thing. Have know? I cried? Yeah. No. Um, have I come close? Numerous times. When was your closest? Uh, pretty much every game of the 2013 season because we were so close to losing every time, UCF. Um, That's about it. Uh, well, the USF game last year... The Memphis game last year in the conference championship. Okay. The uh, what should we call it? The Memphis conference championship this year, and the regular season game, and the Auburn game. <laughs> it, so most of anything that UCF does, right? <laughs> that's successful. Well, it's it's the close ones that are that mean the most because it's you're so we're so close to losing I don't know why I shot that but sure and we we just end up pulling a win out of nowhere and it's just amazing uh let's see for the rays it'd probably be winning the al 
uh, ALCS and going to the World Series in 08. Okay. For... Nothing really for the Jaguars. <laughs> Why did I shoot that? I don't know. Oh, but you might have actually made it. Actually, it was a good play. Um, all right. And then, who else do I like? I forget. Ah, crap. Why did I pass it to you? <laughs> nice. Oh, that's about that's it. That's about it, yeah, because those are your teams. You're not really a big NBA fan, even though we're playing this. Okay. Um, How Char- about you, Charles? Yeah, go ahead. Ironically, like I've never cried tears of joy, but there's something sentimental about seeing a player finally get that championship ring yeah. in that post-interview. And for me, it's uh, when Kevin Garnett won his one uh, and only title That was ring. great. That like, was a he's gr- just, There was a lot of emotion because he was the franchise in Minnesota. You know, he he's a lifer. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes back there for a front office job, even though he says he doesn't want to do it, but him just screaming, like, I just remember the segment of him shouting Peanut. I'm like, I guess there's somebody with a friend named Peanut out there. I don't have one, but I want Peanut as my friend. <laughs> but it was a lot of emotion, because, you know, he was a young guy getting, you know, taken out into the NBA, uh, played his heart and soul there. That, that old four was, Wolves squad is was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, you know, he, he just did a lot. And I, I didn't cry tears of joy, but I, I felt it. You know, I felt it. Same thing with uh, Peyton, I think, getting his first ring. Um, you know, because these are good, outstanding people. You know, sports rivalries aside, you know, these are good people that you're supporting. It's not like I'm supporting, you know, a person who's not of good quality and character that I know of, at least. You know, you, you just feel, you have that feel-good moment that comes in. It's that finally sensation. It would have been the sensation I have if, like, for example, each row ever got a, uh, a title, but that's yeah. probably never going to happen. But, you know, that when he got to the Yankees and he went back and forth, you kind of hope, you know, because that's what you want, because these are good, outstanding human beings to so your knowledge of what we've seen, and that would be emotional. But for me, it's always going to be Garnett and then Manning a little bit. Uh, not the second one. Well, the second one was also kind of emotional, too, because I think everybody knew he was riding off into the sunset. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he played atrocious, but you still like the fact that your guy made it. So that that's it for me. I don't really have anything in baseball that kind of pops out into my head because it's weird with baseball. I think you can connect to certain players, but not on a, an emotional standpoint. Because usually, once the World Series is over, even if it's my team winning, I'm just like, all right, I'm tired. It's like one in the morning. I'm out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, actually, well, I'd like to add to that the Ray Bork. Oh yeah, that was amazing. I loved that. Yeah, for me it was last. Yeah, Ray Bork was great. Last was Alex Ovechkin. Yeah, yeah. I, I was I was torn about that one because I wanted the Golden Knights to win, and that would be an amazing Cinderella story. You know, they came so far, further than nobody in any organized North American sport has ever. Um, but at the same time, I was happy for Ovechkin to finally get the well-deserved trophy. Yeah, that was probably the most, um, that when he lifted the cup and he's like, ah, that was the, I think it was so satisfying to see. Yeah. Um, well, for me, tears of joy, it was game seven of the 2013 NBA finals. Uh, cause I was there. <laughs> and I was at game six the night before. So that's what made it. And I was kind of, you know, emotionally drained, like, for that whole play. Like, the Heat were like my, because uh, I, I know some people 
don't but like my dog of 16 years died that mm. that that summer um so i was watching the heat like purely um just to kind of take my mind off of it. i'm like yeah man these guys gotta and so we go to game six and and the heat were basically my my emotional distraction and so game six happens the the, the shot happens and the block happens from Chris Bosch and I can't believe what happened. So I go to game seven and, and they, you know, there's no, no ifs, ands or but about how they won. They won, they won that game. And so I was so emotionally drained. I just started crying. I was so happy. It's why I was, I'm, I was never angry at LeBron for leaving. Like those guys, um, you know, got me through some tough times just being as a distraction sports are a distraction for a ton of people so that was that was that was it for me um me and doug actually went to the i guess to speak for doug in a sense we went to the jose it, i don't know if these are tears of joy but they were tears mm-hmm. uh to the that marlins game that the first home game back after, Fernandez. The, after jose died we both went and i remember we were both crying as we were watching like d gordon hit the home run and then just that whole like those guys showing their way of mourning for like for their fallen comrade and yeah i know there's a lot of controversy as to how he died afterwards but for that very moment you know it was just like just human beings watching a game and 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 so it was um you know just just the human element and just the emotions it was just real even though we never knew jose personally but we he meant a lot to your favorite team yeah exactly and meant a lot to those guys just seeing you know just having that sort of you know you can put yourself in their shoes if it was somebody that you a close friend of yours or something like that and it's just like man if how would i you know go about my day the next day you know and or rightfully try and you know honor them or mourn them so Mm -hmm. i guess those are those are my moments in, in sports. I mean, I was listening to the sports radio guys and they were, you know, talking about, especially here, like that the UM Ohio State game. Uh, it's a, this one announcer was he radio host. He's just like, yeah, I was crying after that one. Like just, you know, just the way everything transpired. Like it just, you know, it felt so unfair. Um, That's not cheers of joy. Oh, yeah, but there were tears. There were tears. I, I'm. It, um, Ooh. But I've always just had pure joy. Other than the Miami Heat one, like when the Marlins won the World Series, that was just like. And I had a one of my friends in high school was like Charles, a Yankees fan, and I, I kind of, I made him, uh, I, 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 I let him have it that series. I, I did, let, I let him absolutely have it that series. So, um, and then uh, the the '06 Heat championship was just pure joy too. So. Um, all right, guys. Uh, okay, so the Dolphins are not terrible. <laughs> and uh, tears of joy. Uh, Baseball Hall of Fame. We got two guys coming in, and it's... I, I feel like it's the most anticlimactic class we've had. In, not anticlimactic, but kind of the weakest class we've had in a while. Lee Smith and Harold Baines. I know here Lee Smith was a... I don't know if you would call him a formidable reliever slash closer back in his in his time but you know he did come into the league at a point where the closer was becoming a thing right and he was the initial uh saves leader uh in major league baseball before you know rivera and trevor hoffman 
outright destroyed. Yeah, ba- yeah, basically. Um, and then Harold Baines, who had twenty eight hundred hits in his cl- in his career, and and was um, and there we go, and was a whoops, and and was a. Uh, he played for twenty one seasons, um, and I and there's the argument, and I, I don't know. There's the argument that he he's undeserving to go. And this is more of a popularity contest than anything. Um, but I'll play Ewing and Oakling in, the, in this one. <laughs> but there's the argument that other people have made that he could, he might have hit 3,000 hits if not for the player strikes in 1981 and in 19, or 1980 or, or 81, one of those. Um, or in, um, what was it? Uh, or 1994. Yeah. What were you thinking? Jeez. So, I I don't know. How how do you guys feel? I mean, I don't really know these players that well. That's another thing. It's it's not really our time of of players. That's that's another thing. I mean, I, I will say this about the Veterans Committee. I'm glad that they've invented it. Well, this one's actually not the Veterans Committee. Well, these... Well, the general concept of being able to go back after the fact. Okay. Because I think there's a lot of players that were left out from, yeah, from it, the initial voting. This one is called the Today's Game Committee. I mean, I, I don't... Basically, for anyone that doesn't know, on a rotating basis... Uh, my, oh, all right. So my, my controller died. <laughs> so, um, and I don't have the charger. So, just for anyone that doesn't know, the in the past, the Baseball Hall of Fame, they would you would get a shot. Uh, you would have 15 years, so long as you had a certain number of votes from the voting from the voters. And if you didn't get in in 15 minutes, uh, 15 years, uh, you were done. You could never get in. So recently, the MLB has instituted different committees that vote every couple of years yeah so you have one for like the 19 for the 1800s right for the early 1900s the 40s the 50s so baseball historians and right writers uh, the negro players leagues. too yeah uh so this today one is from the more recent like within the past 25 to 30 years so that's who voted these guys in uh yeah so and i think the the argument on i mean maybe it's because we didn't see these guys play so there is the argument that it was biased by these guys who you know saw these guys play um but i don't know I mean, there's there's some arguments to guys who are in the hall of fame right now like bill mazeroski like he only got in because he had a, a game-winning home run in the world series but uh, at 2800 hits is not 3,000. But at the same time, I, I kind of get it because in other leagues, like um, Pavel Bure, he's in the the Hockey Hall of Fame. He had a pretty short career. Right. For, for He was actually one of the first guys to come out of Russia, like that, but, but young. Um, but he his career was cut short due to injuries. But he still got into the Hall of Fame based on the body of work that he had and player and people thinking, well, if he had stayed healthy, right. he might have been one of the greatest players of all time. I think part of it, well, for one thing, baseball is a little bit different because, yeah. as far as I know, it's the only major league 
that has a, a, a minimum time of service requirement. Yeah. You have to... Right. Yeah. You have to play a minimum of 10 years in order to even be eligible. Um, but to your point, there are... Like in MLB, there are players that just... They had relatively mediocre or pretty average careers. Right. But then they just went on an absolute tear for a few years. Like, like Sandy five Koufax. Seasons. Yeah. He's the he's the poster boy for this. He had a pretty average career, but then there was that five to seven year span. He's just dominant. Where he was arguably the best close, uh, baseball, uh, the best pitcher in history. He had four no hitters, uh, tons and tons of strikeouts. Uh, but then he retired because he had arthritis in his uh, his left arm, his throwing arm. But he's still in the Hall of Fame, even though. Even though he was over that ten-year requirement, right? He really was only of any effect for a relatively short amount of time. Or like, um, well, Roberto Clemente, not really because well, he did reach three thousand and he died. Right. I mean, he he would have kept playing if he you know if he didn't die in the plane crash. That is true. Yeah, and he probably would have had. I mean, at that point, he probably had like. Two or three more seasons, and he would have been well past three thousand at that point. He got three thousand in his last game of the last game of his career, so he's always that that mark. It's like, oh, he's he's at three thousand. He tied Roberto Clemente. He's he's, um, um, but want to chime in, Charles? Yeah, I mean, it's very brief. This is more of a position standpoint. I don't really care for any Hall of Fame institution. Really? Um, it's not that. Yeah, yeah, because the thing is, is that generations grow and change, uh, and the game evolves different ways with different rules. So I feel like these two, um, these two, like these, you know, it's just going to be, it's just like the, the pat on back, make everybody kind of feel good thing. I'm not saying they're not good players, great players, mediocre players. It's just, I always saw that I can understand I'm not a player in the game. So, you know, it's going to be different for me on what a Hall of Fame uh, nomination and, and election would be. Uh, it, it just it never fit my savvy kind of thing, you know, because the game changes. You you generalize it with football, um, how you can have Terry Bradshaw, you know, be a Hall of Famer. Is it because he's got four rings? Is it because he was in the Super Bowl four times, went all this stuff? His dad's was great. So it so wasn't Eggman's, but there were still four fronts. But you know, you look at the modern-day passers, you know, the guys who you know are going to go to the Hall of Fame, Breeze, Brady, Rodgers, presumably. It, it's different statistically. So bringing that to baseball, sometimes it changes. The parks change. Um, they resize things. The skill set, too, you know, you know, back in 10, 15, 20 years ago, what kind of pitchers are out there? Um, you know, what kind of – how many balls do they have that, that they so can throw? You know, it, that's have, actually like, – a four team. I, 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 so – yeah, I get you with that, and it, it it kind of um, kind of goes into the argument about like keeping like like Barry Bonds out and Roger Clemens out because of the steroid era, where you're saying, exactly. hey, but they were playing in the conditions that everyone else was playing in, and those guys were you know juicing too, and and so. And, and look, on a different day and different show, I'll tell you why I think you should put in Barry Bonds. I'll tell you why I think you should put in Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa because you think it might ruin the integrity of the game, but that was five to ten years worth of the game itself so and, you know and those guys contributed so much to the i liked baseball because of sammy sosa yeah, yeah. You, you know okay so they took performance enhancing drugs 
understandably so. So the records are not authentic. I get it. But baseball is a very hard sport for young people, I think, to get interested in if they don't do Little League, T-ball, anything of that nature. But what right. was always bringing people in 1997, 1998? McGuire and Sosa yeah. going at it back and forth. You know, sometimes it's about, I can understand you don't like the larger life personas, such as, you know, to cross back over to football, throw and to get black ball for being overly dramatic and kind of a princess. Um, it's actually you know, funny that. that you bring up T.O. because the tweet I sent out announcing the show, I used the clip of T.O. Um, eating popcorn through his helmet. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it just always brings it back. That's why the whole... I just don't like who you have to pay a Hall of Fame. And I, I have personal bias to the Baseball Hall of Fame because, uh, you know, it, it's a 75%... Uh, you know, voting percentage, guys stay there for 15 years, and then they automatically expire, so we're just saying, hey, you, you're nominated, but you're only going to be nominated for being a great player for X amount of time, so we're, you know, but once you hit year 15, it doesn't matter anymore. No, just, you can do it continually. You could rechange your, your scheme. You can let more guys into it, because here's the problem. Now we're getting into the generation of baseball where so many good players are out there, so many good players, and if you just kind of re, you know, retool your rules change up your rules a little bit you won't have these voting committees that will go back because imagine it the players that we have that retired five years ago where they might be 15 years from now when you have these uh committees for today's game era um you know having to go back and guys who got missed out like mike messina you know a couple other guys who i don't think are automatic hall of fame guys it's yeah. just it's just a stamp for the franchise to make the sport look good to make beat writers have it's all marketing yeah, yeah, but it's just it's a troll. Like, you know, bringing in a basketball, Dwayne Rizzo is going to retire. We know he's a sure, you know, bound Hall of Famer. But, you know, what's going to be more important to him at the end of his career? Hall of Famer, I got rings. Because I can tell you, there's a lot of basketball players that don't have rings, Reggie Miller being one of them. That's true. That's true. Uh, some players actually have actually said, I would trade my Hall of Fame uh, position for a ring. You know. Well, wasn't that LeBron, a guy who knew he was a surefire, you know, modern day Hall of Famer? Maybe I think even Dan Reno's even said it. So. Yeah. Yeah. You know, superlatives mean nothing if you don't have something that shows one that you earned it, and then two, you know, that you got it, and then three that you actually contributed. You didn't ride the bench to get it. Some guys will take that though, but others won't. You know, it's like the late timers. Um, you know, for example, Carl Malone going to the Lakers. Uh, in that final bit, what two thousand? Um, yeah. Just, or just trying to get a little piece of that Rain pie chasing. one last time. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's different, and as a fan, I'd rather see the accomplishments of what you actually played for because you don't look at a guy and say, "Oh man, that's great. He's going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's going to be a Hall of Fame pitcher. He's going to be a Hall of Fame shooting guard." That's never the thing that you see, right? Because as a fan base, you want to see him participate for your team, and it gets you what your city, what your state, what your you know, your general same populace of fans want, and that's a championship. Right. Okay. But that's my thoughts on that. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So, well, congrats to Harold Baines and Lee Smith. Um, uh, it's just the thing, we never really saw them. You know, they're not really our generation of players. I'm sure, you know, you will feel a lot different when we see, I mean, we've already seen some of our, some of our guys going in, but, um, like Randy Johnson, you know, we saw him long enough for that. Uh, Greg Maddox, yeah, Chipper Jones, uh, Derek Jeter's gonna go. Mar Mariano's, um, you know, all these guys that are 
that we grew up seeing are, are gonna go, are, are going in now and you know in due time we'll see adrian beltre and, and, and other guys so um congrats to those guys so that, that was the hall of fame talk um so nba since we have nba jam here even though my controller gave out so we're not playing um the uh dwayne wade and lebron james had their final meetup potentially potentially unless by some miracle the lakers and the heat show up in the nba finals this season uh, but it, it was kind of one of those, one of those, um, I'm, I'm getting old moments for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, cause I remember Dwayne Wade coming onto the scene and, and he's actually the reason that I started like hardcore following the heat again, or for the first time, really. Uh, I remember that 2004, uh, playoff series against the Hornets, um, and, and just like falling in love with this guy, and then the you know the Shaq trade from there, and it all, the, everything great about the Heat. I know that Pat Riley is the, the guy that, kind of, that that brought that, quote unquote culture, to us. But, um, he he couldn't get past Jordan, and then couldn't get past the the Knicks, and he couldn't get past, uh, well you know, uh, Alonzo Mourning and and the team kind of breaking up after that. But the one thing that Pat Riley hates doing, drafting guys, and lo and behold, the, the one really good guy he drafts, and, and, and it's Dwayne Wade, and he basically is the catalyst for everything great that has happened to the franchise since. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to chime in on that real quickly. You talk about emotional moments. You know, him retiring is going to be emotional. Uh for everybody because you gotta think this isn't just a guy who is just a face of your franchise you know this guy was i feel and it's very safe to say the spirit of your franchise and the constant drive of success because how do you think bosh and you know james come here how do you think even ray allen comes here how do you think you get mario chalmers who always thought he was the best guy on the floor despite playing with the best guys on the floor to cool down and you know play along you know Wade is the heart and soul, and it was very surreal because it was definitely a man I'm getting old moment because I can remember when they beat the Mavericks the first time for that belt or for that uh, championship or that trophy. And then, you know, when the big three come together and that hardship of, okay, we lost to the Mavericks this time, what are we going to do? And then them going together, coalescing, gelling out, and having a lot of fun. Um, definitely very surreal. And, you know, Wade tried. He didn't have, like, the best stat line, but that's expected. You know, 6 of 19. So he put up yeah. a lot of shots but in a game like this you know he's going against his buddy but also he remember he, everybody I, knows lebron is one of the best wade will always look at lebron as his equal and yeah. nothing more yeah uh, he there was like a point like a point in the third quarter he had no points to, to, to that yeah. point in the game and and then he, he put up you know 15 whatever so uh, and then lebron obviously puts up 28 or whatever what have you but um it, it was it's it's one of those moments where you see LeBron James, uh, and like you said, Dwayne Wade looks at LeBron as his equal, and, and I think LeBron does too. LeBron, even though um, he actually Dwayne Wade is probably the only guy who could withstand him and, and Chris Bosh were the only guys who could withstand LeBron's, I guess, uh, I guess in a planetary sense, his gravitational pull. Um, 
with regards to you know the team and uh, his entourage and his media guys, his agents, all that stuff. You have to be a fairly selfless, unselfish team player in order to deal with that because no matter whether LeBron wants it or not, he is arguably the greatest player of all time. I'm not even going to open up that can of worms, but... uh, We'll leave that to Stephen A. Smith or whoever. (laughs) Skip Bayless. So, to deal with that um, and to, instead of being a big fish in a small pond, you became a smaller fish in a big pond, in a sense. Because Mm -hmm. you had to share the limelight with two other guys. So, that says a lot. And then, I think, on top of that, I think Wade's impact surpasses any physical, tangible stats. Um, you know, I'm looking at his Wikipedia page right now. All three of Miami's championships were with him. He was the only constant. The and not yeah, said, other right? than Udonis Haslam. I got to throw that in. All right, thank you. I'm not a <laughs> Heat fan. So. He's always there. <laughs> um, but just to give you an idea, there are four sections of Heat history on the Wikipedia page, from eighty-seven to two thousand three. Uh, 95 to 2003 for some reason, a little bit of overlap, but then Dwayne Wade era, and then the departure and return of Wade. So, two half of the sections on the Heat's history are about Dwayne Wade. They name they renamed the freaking county after him for who knows, it was like a week or something, yes, yeah, for the free agency. I mean, it's convenient that his name rhymes with, Wade rhymes with Dade, but still, that just goes to show you, he is, uh, he is Mr. Heat. Uh, He always will be, no matter whoever comes through. LeBron may be the better player, but Wade is definitely the the heart and soul of the team. All right, guys. Um, Yeah, yeah, he's... um... It's going to be sad when he goes. He, he, other than Dan Marino, he's the, the, the other, I guess, the biggest icon in South Florida sports history. And and so that that last game against LeBron kind of just brought all that stuff together, that the big four, the big three era. And, and, and it's, so it's, it's, it's kind of the first, his last trip to Los Angeles, it's kind of the first big... Um, and, and actually, this road trip has been the, 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 the first of the last of Dwayne Wade, mm-hmm. where it's his last trip to Phoenix, his last trip to L.A., and I, I guess his last trip to Utah coming up. So he's um, it's, it's, it's starting to happen now. You know, we're, we're already into December, and it's going to start happening. We're going to get these lasts of Dwayne Wade coming up. You have, like, another four months with him. Yeah. So, um, I, I sorry, guys, for, for you know, this is kind of a shorter episode that we're doing today because I, I got something to do later. Um, but uh, I, I kind of want to get into um, a segment that we always do, and I think it's the most fun that we do. <laughs> it's a word from our non-sponsors. So um, uh, uh, who wants to go first? Come on, guys. I'll go 
person I'm going to be sponsoring is Nintendo. Because yes. I have been on hmm. Super Smash Brothers kick like crazy. I'm so, gonna I'm gonna latch onto yours actually because that was mine. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're looking for the ideal family gift for yourself, for your family, for your children, for your wife, whatever, you just get yourself a Nintendo Switch. Three hundred dollars. I'm sure there's some bundles out there. You can play everything that was iconic back in the day. You. You can play the new modern stuff. That's fantastic. There's just great games are out there for single players, such as you know Mario Odyssey and then Breath of the Wild. Or you can get the ultimate. I'm coming over. You got friends. It's Christmas holiday spirits. Pick up Super Smash Brothers, which just came out last week on Friday. If you don't have it now, what's wrong with you? You can play up to eight people. Get the old cool controllers. If you have a GameCube around, you get an adapter for like twenty bucks. It's just so much fun. Seventy characters, more to come. You don't know. You can change the way of how you play from having weapons, no weapons, pure skill. It's it's the ultimate smack talk holiday fest. Get yourself a Switch. I'm supporting Nintendo as our non-sponsor sponsor. I'm going to pay you back on to that because uh, uh, I, I pre-ordered the game about a month ago. And uh, the game released. Uh, and I have been playing. I might have logged about 40 hours now into the game. Uh, and it's only been uh, three days. So it's it's already more than almost two days worth of playing. I've unlocked 50 characters and I just can't stop. So, uh, guys, it's addicting. It might be the way that it's going. It might be the best-selling Smash game uh, ever, uh, the way that I, what I've heard. So, you guys are missing out if you don't have a Nintendo Switch right now. You guys can play with us. I'll give you my my friend code, okay? And, and so, uh, Nintendo, great job, Masahiro Sakurai, the guy who in charge of Super Smash Brothers. He's a saint. He, uh, we don't deserve him, okay? We'll ask. We'll never ask for anything from him ever again, uh, because he put every single, almost every single thing in this game, and uh, yeah. That's what we'll ask of him. Hey, Shin. Welcome. Okay, yeah. So, sorry, Shin. We're kind of coming to the end of this, but go. Okay, well, we have to throw in the rest of our segments, at least. Well, yeah, we'll, we're actually going to throw that in, too. But, All right. I... Um, my non-sponsor of the week would have to be the city of Orlando. Okay. Uh, I went up there this weekend uh, for business, and... Tourist, we're going to chop this up and send it to the tourism board exactly um and just going up there really recharges my batteries even though it was a really work-filled weekend i didn't really get to have a lot of fun visit my old stomping grounds just seeing kind of the wide open spaces actually you can see sky and you can see green forestry um Traffic jams are less are less existent than they are in Miami. You're not getting nearly killed by drivers every five seconds. Uh, I don't know. I just I love Orlando. I, I, I spent most of my life there. I, I actually want to piggyback on that too because I, I went to Orlando a month. You're doing no work here. You're just you're you're. <laughs> benefiting on the ideas of charles last I. month i went to disney world mm -hmm. um and at that point i was kind of a little you know, i hadn't gone on like a i guess a mini vacation in a while so i was you know stressed out from work and all that stuff it was my nephew's birthday family goes up to orlando we sat at the orlando world center marriott next to mm -hmm. disney world and it, like you said it recharged my batteries I, I came back and i was like man that was so good to not think about work you know just going to the pool 
uh, go down the water slides and, and just kind of hang out, eat the food, and, and just like, and you said greenery, just much more green than Miami, that's for sure. And I have this discussion a lot. I, I, always, I constantly worry that as Orlando grows, that it'll become kind of Miami North in the sense that everything will be built up and things like that. And I, it will be coming eventually. It's, it's inevitable. But I get the sense that Orlando was planned out well enough that it's still going to be a very open kind of green area. And I, that's like Francisco said, I go up there whenever I can, whether it's to go to a UCF football game uh, for business, you name it. Whenever I go up there, it's just peaceful. I, I miss living there. Hopefully I'll move back there in the near future. So Orlando Tourism Board, I, I can guarantee, even though this is our non-sponsors, obviously I'm not being sponsored to say this, but Orlando, I love you and I hope, hope to be back in the city beautiful in the near future. All right. Give it up for Orlando and Nintendo, everyone. <laughs> uh, speaking of, I mean, uh, we're going to have that that melding soon because uh, there's going to be a Nintendo World and, and Universal Studios in Orlando. So. Yep. So, so, so I guess we should give a additional non-sponsor shout-out to Universal Studios yeah. for, for, for foreseeing uh, this segment. Yeah, and... <laughs> And Shin wants to add in that. Hey, that rhymed. He doesn't have. They don't have much to add except Smash is great. <laughs> well, we got to play with Shin at some point. Shin, put up, put up your friend code, and we'll, we'll add you. Um, okay, so uh, next segment here: players who remember to forget. Um, I actually do have one right now. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember him. Uh, I'm gonna throw out the name: Randy Wynn. The name sounds... Yeah, 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 yeah. He played for the Rays. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember him, Charles? Google will remind me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I just wanted to... He's actually... Nowadays, he's actually working for CSN uh, Bay Area. I don't, uh -huh. I, don't know, I don't know if either for the Giants or for the A's. Or maybe just in the studio and doing it for both. Um uh, he's uh, he's 44 years old now. He's from LA, but now he lives up in uh, the, the Bay Area. Uh, I guess that's that's where he ended his career. He played for the like he's uh, the he was actually this one of the notes. Why I actually looked at him because I was looking at the inaugural team for the Tampa Bay Rays and I'm like, who can I find here that's not you know Fred McGriff and, and Wade Boggs? Mm -hmm. And it was like Randy Wynn. I'm like, okay, Randy Wynn. I I vaguely remember his name. I look him up, and then he's he's uh he played for the Mariners, the Rays, the Giants. Uh, your he works for now. Yeah, your Yankees, Charles. So he did play for the Yankees. So you <laughs> should remember him. Backup. <laughs> uh, it not familiar, but he didn't do much. You know? No, he, it was at the end of his career. Um, and, and the St. Louis Cardinals. He did play in one All Star game. It was the famous 2002 All-Star Game. Yes, the, the one, tie. Yeah, exactly, the one that ended in a tie game and brought us the atrocity that was the uh, the play it, the home field advantage, uh, whichever league wins gets home field advantage of the World Series thing. Ugh. So we can all thank Randy Wynn for that. <laughs> if he had 
just hit a home run and his one at bat, if he did have an at bat in that game, you know, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't have had that thing for what, fifteen years or something? It was a, it was it quite was, a while. I think last season was the first season that ended. That. I think so. Right. Oof. Man. So I um, remember when that started. I yes. was not thrilled. Yeah, well, I thought it was okay at first, but then it just became stupid. I think the first season that actually happened was 2003, which ended up with the Yankees having home field and the Marlins not. Well, it worked so. out for the Marlins fairly well. Yeah. Oh, well. Sorry, Charles. He was actually drafted by the Marlins. I know. I Well, I'm on Wikipedia right now. Yeah, he was drafted in the third round in 95 by the Marlins. So I didn't. I had no idea. I guess he was selected from their minor league system to be on the inaugural race. So that's uh, Randy Wynn. Shout out to you. Uh, I hope you're doing well in, in the Bay. Yeah, and uh, that's my forgotten player. <laughs> you guys? Okay, guys. Randy Wynn's good. Randy Wynn is my player that we forgot. That's <laughs> all. So your guys are piggybacking me now. Yeah. So okay. it, it all evens out at this point. Okay. All right. So who else we got? Um, I kind of have to cut it short here, guys. Can we do a few college team names? Okay. Let's see who's playing tonight. Uh, <laughs> this is this is my favorite segment of the week. No offense to the rest of the segments, but I I love to kind of work on my uh, kind of. I don't know, stretch my brain a little bit. All right, so what we do is, because there's a ton of NCAA college basketball, men's and women's games on right now, and all these these teams, UCF's playing right now, actually. Yep, against uh, Georgia Southern. Um, Just uh, went into the half recently, up so, by eight, I think. So we kind of, I throw out the name, or, or actually, yeah, we throw out the names, and we see if uh, we can guess them. Um, I'm actually going to try and see if I can, like, if I, I, Here, I'll, let me do it this week. Okay, let's, yeah, because Andrew always wins I, I, I get games. everything right. Okay, so well, well, we'll do this for about, like, four or five minutes. All right, uh, well, in that case, uh, speaking of my knights, Georgia Southern. Oh, it was a bird. I saw the logo, it was a bird. That is correct. <laughs> and Shin, uh, if they, if Charles or Francisco can't get it, feel free to chime in here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can chime in actually faster if we, if we can't get it. Okay, so they're a bird. Eagles? Yep. Okay. It's <laughs> the go-to bird. Um, friend of ours went here for undergrad. Towson. I have no idea. Townsend? Towson? Tau. Well, it's pronounced Towson, but... It, or Tosin, I'm not sure. <laughs> like Shin goes, I think it's Towson. Shin's like, something Eagles? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but it's... It's spelled T O W S O N, like Towson. Toe Sun. Okay. Toe Sun, alright. Give us a clue. Yeah. It is a feline. Okay. Wildcat? No. And no to you, Shin, as well. Tosin Cougars? Nope. No. Tosin Tigers? Yes. Uh, TT. Yeah, TT. Right. Okay. Alliteration. Well, we tried the alliteration last week, and we were wrong. Yeah. <laughs> was it? Uh, it should have been. It would have been so much better. Yeah. Centenary. Centenary gentlemen's. 
Uh, UMBC, University of Maryland, Baltimore County. Woof, woof. Woof, woof. The retrievers. Yes. Hmm. But extra credit here. What kind of retriever? Uh, They're not Labrador or Golden. Correct. Oh, gosh. I forgot. I forgot. Charles? They're a dog. (laughs) (laughs) Shin, you want to jump in here? They're very good boys. They're very good boys. (laughs) And girls. Um, Chesapeake Bay. Chesapeake Bay Retriever. Retriever. Okay. Uh, Which makes sense because the Chesapeake Bay is located in Maryland and is the state dog of Maryland. Okay. All right. Next. Okay. Um, Actually, you just guessed, uh, hey, uh, Shin, you you got this one correct, incidentally. Uh, St. Francis, Brooklyn. Terriers? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you say? (laughs) Okay. St. Francis, Brooklyn. Jeez. Okay, um, we have a matchup of dogs here over in, I want to say Connecticut. I'm, I'm probably botched that, but it's Albany versus Yale. Okay, Yale. No, Princeton's the Tigers. Um, gosh. The big hint I gave you was matchup of dogs. Albany Bulldogs. Kind of? Chihuahua. Right. <laughs> no, that's El Paso. Good old El Paso. The, there is a bull, Paso. there is a bulldogs in this matchup. So Yale. Yes. Okay. All right. See, I was Francisco. Uh, and just so, to speed things I, along, I, Albany is the largest dog breed. G- 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 Great Dane. Yes. Okay. Continuing with the dog theme here, Fisk University. We actually, this matchup, it's uh, dogs versus cats. Okay. It's Fisk University and Jackson State. Greyhound? Nope. Basset Hound? Nope. <laughs> okay, it's not a hound. Uh, no. Okay. I'm going to say Mastiff because I was wrong the first time, so hopefully I'm right the second time. Not the Mastiff. Uh, Dalmatian? You're you're going a little bit too kind of out there. Think okay. simple. Husky? Nope. Mm. Terriers? Nope. Bulldog? Yes. Okay. Fisk okay. University oh. Bulldogs against the Jackson State Wild Cats. Cat. Okay, okay. Well, it's not the Wild Cats. It's a Wild Cat. Oh, okay. <laughs> just a random cat that's just wild. <laughs> right. Well, well, no, no, no. It's a species of, like, large oh, okay. feline. All right. Okay. A couple more. Tigers. Jackson State Tigers. Okay. Um, oh, I thought you meant literally their name no, was no, no, Wild no, no, no. Cat. I, I was trying to give you some. Oh, okay. A lot of wild cats. Uh, Johnson and Wales. Oh. <laughs> Um, Northern Colorado. Northern, Co- okay. What's in Colorado? Uh, the boulders. <laughs> uh, no, that would be great though. Um, clue. Um, it's a wild animal that you would probably find in a mountainous region. Bison. Caveman. <laughs> <laughs> Good one, Shin. Uh, bison? No. 
Although the Bison of North Dakota State are headed to the FCS semifinals, so quick shout out to North Dakota State. Okay. And their head coach just got hired by Kansas State. Okay, so a, 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 a wild animal you would probably find in a mountainous region. Okay, so or a forested region. Okay, Charles said ram. No. Okay. Um, a for a, a bear. Correct. Bears. Bears. Oh, okay. Alrighty. Uh, let's see. If... Last one. What's we're we're an hour in now. Okay. Um. Ooh, this is a good one. Ooh. So, it's a it's a battle of Wisconsin teams. We have University of Wisconsin Stout. Okay. Versus Green Bay. So who are the who? Gosh, Green Bay. I might have heard of them, but uh, I can't. It's a mythological creature, I'll tell you that. Griffin. Mm, close. Centaur. No. Cheese Lords. Minotaur. <laughs> Shin said Cheese Lords. Cheese Lords. Uh, it's give, a great minor league name, that's for sure. I'll give everyone one more guess. Um, it, if you guys know what uh, Elon University, it's the same nickname. Pegasus. Charles, one more shot. Greek mythology. Apparently, 1997 Hercules did not educate me more than it should. No. I'll um, give you one more hint. I'm going to say Basilisk. There you go. No, no I'll give might you not be Greek. the Musks. No. Um, I'll give you one more hint. It's a major character, animal character in the Harry Potter series. Owl. No. Oh. Phoenix? Yes! Oh, Very good, my friend. Okay. And go. then they are playing Wisconsin Stout. Um, they share a nickname with a very good basketball team in North Carolina. The Blue Devils? Correct. They're the Blue Devils, too? Yes. Oh, God. I didn't know that. <laughs> Maybe that's a recruiting tactic. <laughs> I'm going to go play for the Blue Devils. So... <laughs> Yes, that one is the Wisconsin Stout Blue Devils against the Green Bay Phoenix. That will be, actually, that just began. It starts at 8 p.m., and I think that's a good segue into, unfortunately, cutting this episode a little bit short. Yeah, thanks, guys, for, for joining us. I promise we'll have a longer one next week, and we'll have a lot more to talk about, but I have to cut this one short. But, thanks, Francisco. Uh, <laughs> thank you to Charles and, and and Andrew for joining me, and Doug by proxy. I, I threw, I, we got us text in there. So, <laughs> um, all right, guys. Shout outs. Take care. <laughs> Shalom. <laughs>